fatherhood, but not quite as we imagine. Thought-provoking, refreshing, straightforward, sometimes taboo, often seemingly ordinary, but always honest. Welcome to School for Fathers, opening conversations we all need to have, exploring modern fathering and the challenge that fathers face as they reposition their role in work, the family, and in society. Now, here is your host, Danusha Melina Durban, C-suite expert, mother of 10, and host of the School for Mothers podcast. Hello and welcome to the School for Fathers podcast. I'm Danusha Melina Durban, your host, and today I'm joined in conversation by Michael De Groot. Now, Michael's the chief storyteller at Staying Alive UK, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him before I share my conversation with him with you. He's a Dutchman. And he's hugely passionate about storytelling. His quest is to enable small business owners to become better storytellers and to share engaging stories about themselves and their businesses. Now, he does this through his own small business, Staying Alive UK, where he enjoys producing visually impactful cartoons and animation campaigns, engaging audiences and giving them a unique insight into an organisation's story and value proposition. One of the business's future aims is to deliver these stories via augmented reality too. That'll be exciting. Now, in addition, he also delivers the Share Your Story storytelling workshops online to help business owners develop their own story blueprint. He's the host and producer also of the Share Your Story podcast, where he invites small business owners to share their own stories with the aim of inspiring new and existing business owners. He is into taiko drumming, and Michael, I hope I have that right, the way to say it. He loves yoga, mindfulness meditation, and minimalism. That's his way of developing a more meaningful life. Well, let's get straight into my conversation with Michael De Groot. Hello, Michael. It's really great to welcome you to the School for Fathers podcast. How are you? I'm really good, Danusha, and I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you are really welcome. Now, we're calling this Leap, and I'd really love to explore the leap for you into being a stepfather. What was it like? Yeah, great open question, that one. Um, it was nothing that I'd ever had imagined, actually. Tiny bit of background. I didn't have any children from my first marriage. And that's because my wife said she didn't want children. And I respected that. And I thought, and we got married quite young. And I thought, yeah, I don't want children. And I didn't want the responsibility, I guess. I don't know. And because I'm the youngest in the family, I saw my siblings actually have a twin sister. So she had children. My brother had children. I could see some of the troubles that they were experiencing, you know, having had children before I had them and kind of went, "Mm, no, I'm going to stay clear of that. (laughs) I want my freedom. I want my holidays. I want you know, to enjoy myself. Anyway, cut a long story short, that marriage ended. And then I kind of reassessed where I was. I took some time out on my own 
um, about four years kind of finding myself, kind of a midlife crisis, as it were. And it was really good, actually. It was really necessary. And it was, yeah, I had lost myself. And I mean, we never really truly find ourselves again, but I found a part of me that I'd missed. And anyway, when when the time was right to kind of look for another relationship, I said, no, I'm not going to meet anyone via online dating. That's not going to happen. I was very much into personal development. I found personal development. And actually, it was, I mean, I can say who it was. It was Tony Robbins. And he literally awoke the giant within me um, with his book. And I went on his courses and it was really great fun. And I went, no, I'm only going to find somebody in this environment. It has to be somebody who understands Tony Robbins stuff and is on this spiritual journey like me. And it's not going to be anybody else. How wrong was I? Uh, you know, oh, I it's love not that. <laughs> what you want, but it's what you need, as they say. But a really magical thing happened, actually. A, a, a friend who I'd met through the Tony Robbins environment said to me, oh, you should check out this website for dating. And I went, no, I'm not going there. I don't want to do online. I really resisted it with all my might. And then after a couple of weeks, I went, oh, okay, I'll have a look and see what what's going on there. Did the profile and everything else. And to my amazement, I got a lot of ladies who were interested in my profile and I didn't know what to do with it. Honestly, I haven't had many relationships in my life and I really didn't know what to do with the interest. And I was like almost feeling guilty that I was speaking, chatting online with one lady and another one. It was like, am I cheating now on the other one? <laughs> you know, it was such mm -hmm. a weird experience for me, never having done it before. Anyway, I met a few ladies and I, I knew when I met them for dinner or lunch or whatever, I went, oh, no, this one has got so much baggage. No, I've, I've just got to stay clear of that. It was just the whole lunch or dinner that we had was just talking about past relationships. I went, no, that's not for me. Anyway, I've, I found this lady and she found me and I'm a Dutchman, right? I've, I've lived in this country for a long time, so I call myself Dinglish, but I, <laughs> I um, connected with this lady and in her profile, it said that she spoke double Dutch as one of her languages. Well, <laughs> of course, that did it for me. I went, okay, somebody can speak double Dutch. And um, we obviously connected. I, we spoke. I uh, couldn't wait to, to meet her and got a long story short. She's my wife, <laughs> the, you know, my soulmate and uh, the woman of my dreams. And what... Uh, I got as a bonus was a couple of stepsons. Hmm. Now, never having studied anything about children, only ever seen them from long distance. This was a totally new experience. But, you know, I was up for a Danusha. I was like, yes, I can do anything. You know, I'm a Robin student. I'll just do my power move and I'll get through it. <laughs> and 
but there's always a bit of a backstory and you know you know why do people end up being single parents you know to begin with and of course there is a backstory and it was a you know not a great one either and i've learned since that any breakup in a marriage where there's children involved it will affect the kids in some way you you can't get away from it you know they may have a feeling of guilt they may have a feeling of sadness they may have a feeling of other stuff that goes on and we we don't ever truly know what that is so these these two young men and they were quite young when i met them they were great i mean i i love them as my own and i had a really good time with them now obviously you know you can see there are some things going on deep down i noticed a few things you know the boys were struggling with one more so than the other and he had you know the older one had a bit of history of stuff probably early mental health kind of stuff going on and but i i really didn't know what it was it was tricky for me and all i can explain is that there is an energy but you can't grab hold of that energy it's transparent you know it's hidden but you can feel it in your body and you kind of go okay what what is it i couldn't figure it out yeah i mean it obviously it leads to ups and downs you know but i one thing's one thing i didn't want to do and that is give up through that process and you know stuff happened with the with the boys that were quite testing for me but you know underneath it all you know that your relationship is strong uh with my wife and that we are able to talk things through about what it is that's going on and most importantly my feeling or, or my focus was making sure that she's okay and that she's coping with everything that's going on around her and that included the dreaded word i don't like this word but the x and that's where it all stemmed from you know i didn't realize until much later how deep that was and there was obviously some serious stuff that had gone on without going into detail and that was running very deep throughout the household and it was only much much later that that kind of uncovered so yeah is that okay as a bit of an introduction i don't know what you feel oh god yeah yeah i mean it sounds like you you know having resisted online dating found the lovely human being that you'd like to be beside and and got this bonus of these wonderful young boys who as you mm. say as a unit they'd been through some experiences that would unfold as they become older you know as they became older and the ramifications of those experiences kind of become obvious i guess they they really do and that's 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 part of yeah sticking with 
sticking with the woman that you've chosen to be with and supporting and growing alongside because it it's really about you growing yourself as a human mm. being with no previous experience of fathering before you know fatherhood yes because you've you know you've had a father and you've seen people father yeah. etc but fathering other you know people no so it's I have a few questions. One of them is, which dating site was it? Because mm. people are going to wonder. Oh, oh God! <laughs> I didn't rehearse that. No, I, <laughs> I can't remember. Um, can you not remember? I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to ask my wife, and she can remind me which one it was. It's no. It's no worries. Um, I was just wondering. It if has I the word love in it. I, Oh, loving it. I can't remember. It's a while ago. No, yeah, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, it's the only fine. one I ever kind of. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It isn't a famous one. It you know was before, way way before things like Tinder and whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's fine. No, something. It's got the word love in it. I know that, but I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, I mean, the 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 important thing was it worked. Mm, yes, yes. So just to add, because you mentioned the word fatherhood, and um, obviously I had a father, and he wasn't a great role model for fatherhood for me, and quite interesting. He had a bit of a temper. <laughs> he had a lot of rage in the household, quite a bit towards my mother uh, and to us kids as well. And he was a hardworking man and he had a lot of good features. But, you know, you do kind of remember some of the bad stuff that happened in the household. And so what was – I didn't realise how much it was missing – when he passed away at a very young age, actually. And I didn't realise because you, in those days you didn't really see it as alcoholism, but he drank an awful lot and he smoked an awful lot and he was addicted to substances. And there was something obviously very deep going on with him. And that might have happened when he was very young because he was the only son in his family and most of his teenage years he actually hid in an attic during the during world war ii and you know for the whole period because they were obviously the germans were kind of grabbing hold of sons to come w work in their camps or whatever and um he, he hid in an attic for all the whole war he lived in there. So that must have had a bit of an impact on him as a young man growing up, you know. So was he carrying some of it? Never spoke about it. Was he carrying some of that angst, some of that history with him? Did it make him an angry man? I don't know, you know. And so he wasn't a great role model for me in terms of fatherhood. So when you're then faced with two stepsons, you're going to go, okay, I've got to make sure I try and remedy what I didn't have and make sure that I give those boys, you know, what they, what I didn't have when I was younger. But there is a conflict, Anusha, and that is I'm not their father. 
right? They have a father. They see him every fortnight when they go over to him and they have a relationship with them, which they've got to have, but they can't have that relationship, the father relationship with me. So what, what do you become? Do you become a mate? Do you become a, um, a friend, you know, a counsellor, a, you know, what happens with the discipline or making sure that things get done? It just becomes really, really tricky at times. Yeah. What did you become or what yeah. have you become? <laughs> I, I think what I've become is someone who can help and be there just be there for when they need it and that's what i have done you know when the chips were down in their life i could help them and just tell them you know if you need support with anything just give me a shout i can help you and yeah they probably use me in that way i mean you know there's still stuff going on with both of them and they both have been through some turmoil, but, you know, they live on their own now, so we don't see as much of them. Uh, they don't communicate that well. We don't give them a hard time over it. They've, they're finding their way in life, and, yeah, they, they're having to learn the hard way in some respects, but we've said that we're there for them. You know, if they need our support, just give us a shout which they don't always do, of course, because <laughs> there's, you know, they're young men now and they, they've got pride and they probably think, no, I don't want help from my parents or from my stepfather or, you know, one, one is better than the other, but yeah, it's, it's. It, but in terms of communicating. Yes. Yeah. 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 How hard has this been for you? Um, the hardest thing has been watching the pain in my wife, of course, you know, because she's been through some pain and growing and learning as well. Both of us probably at the same time. But is it perhaps because I'm what, because they're not that close to me, I'm, I'm not their father, that I'm one step removed that I'm able to be more objective and not let it affect me that much. I mean, there is, there is, I've discovered sometimes built up frustration inside of me that can come out unexpectedly. And but I'll give you a really honest example of what happened not that long ago. I had to take one of them for, um, for a doctor's appointment and offered him a really bad takeaway from a fast food restaurant for his lunch, which he was very grateful for. So we went into this queue and um, this queue was quite peculiar because there was a mini roundabout that you had to wait behind to let other cars from a car park through. But I noticed the car in front of me, somebody else cut in front of them into the queue from the car park. And I went, that's really unfair. Oh, I, I should just say, literally, 
a fortnight earlier, I was driving with this stepson, uh, the same stepson, down a one-way system where two two roads merged together, and a van came across me, cut me up uh, on the merge, and I had to go on the pavement and nearly ran into a wall. I didn't, luckily. Nobody was hurt. Nobody, nothing was damaged. This van either hadn't seen me or done it on purpose. I don't know. But I stayed completely. <laughs> I stayed yeah. completely calm. I never swore. I never, <laughs> you know, hooted the horn. I never screamed expletives. Nothing. <laughs> and I, I said to him. I said to to uh, my stepson. I said. Did you see how I reacted? He went, yeah, you were really calm. I said, there you go. I mean, they're just, you know, <laughs> silly people on the road. I'm only going to hurt myself by reacting in that way. Anyway, back to the takeaway queue. I saw this car cutting in front of the car in front of me. Now, they had moved on over the mini roundabout. Uh was like one of these really flat islands where there's just a paint painted island it's not physical as such and it's a very it's like a cul-de-sac and there's lots of cars and people and it's really busy anyway now I'm, I'm in front of this island thing so there's cars coming across i've got to leave space because there's cars coming out of this car park having to go the other way not into the queue and a car and a car cut in front of me in the queue, I completely lost it. I not only was I just the the unfairness of it was just galling. I got out of the car. I got out of the car. I didn't even kind of hoot the horn or anything. I just got out of the car, walked up to the car. This was like in a moment of complete rage, and. His window was wound down. It was a male driver, and I swore at him, and I told him he was a expletive, selfish expletive, and and I walked off. Anyway, he said something about he had a he had a baby next to him, and um, I did see the baby then after he said that. I felt a little bit bad. I then walked back to the car, and my stepson said. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> he was right. I shouldn't have done it. Anything could have happened. He stayed really calm, but yes. he's seen two examples of me being really calm when somebody cuts me up and then me completely losing it. And Danusha, I promise you, I've never, ever done anything like that ever before in my life because I know the dangers of doing that to somebody the guy could have had a knife. He could have come out of the car, beat me up. I have no idea what could have happened. In the end, all he did was he must have had some bread in the car. He started throwing bread out of the window towards my car. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, this, is a, this is a comedy scene. <laughs> And um, I mean seriously. Seriously, but then of course, 
we hadn't even got to the first window yet. So we had to stay behind this car for the next, like, <laughs> there was a really busy yes. queue for the next, like, 25 minutes <laughs> as well. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's thrown bread. Yeah. <laughs> There's bread everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and and so when you talk about backed up anger mm. or frustration yeah. here it is leaking yeah. leaking over something that was ostensibly so much milder than the previous incident I know. which sounds positively dangerous yes. but but here it is leaking yeah during that that incident that's just i mean that's just so mm. human isn't it that's, i know isn't and it was unexpected and <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what tony yeah Roberts absolutely would think you. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know the giant within has been woken <laughs> yes <laughs> oh gosh and I, I, when I got, because my wife wasn't home at the time when I got back and then she came home and I said, I, I've got a massive admission and I've got to apologise, this happened. And, um, <laughs> and it's not sleeping no. with your neighbour, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. And, and it was only afterwards that we both realized what it was. It was pent up, you know, frustration that where I, I think I'm holding it back or I'm being calm about stuff that has happened over the past few weeks in connection with the boys that I kind of go, all of yeah. a sudden it just has to come out somehow. And it well, does it leaks, leak. doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, it does. Yeah, because you can't actually contain the immense intensity no. of feelings. And so it it leaks in all sorts of ways. And for your father, his discomfort leaked into, you know, yeah. drink, substances, yeah. smoking, and other, you know, outrage, anger, and all the yeah. associated things mm. have gone with that. You know, <laughs> yours is calling somebody expletive expletive in a in a yeah. takeaway queue and being <laughs> i really think it's the bread that tops it off <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean here you are thinking about knives and attack mm. and he's got bread yeah. at his as his arsenal yes i'm very grateful that that was his you know that was his that was his absolutely to throw that yeah yes rather than anything else yeah, so so that's the answer really to how hard is this? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's it's tough, isn't it? And what we do with our frustrations, you know, as parents. Yeah, I mean Well we do we do things that we're not necessarily proud of after. No. And it's a conditioned response as well. You know, it's it's somehow um, you know, is the, the kind of rage that my dad had you know so that's somehow being conditioned inside of me and it leaks out at some point or is it you know yeah the media the movies the you know 
the adverts, you know, there's so much you just don't know how your mind gets conditioned and why, yeah. why you react in, in certain ways. Um, well, the thing is, Michael, you wouldn't, I mean, you had the choice, presumably, that you could have cried. I mean, you could actually have cried, mm. couldn't you? That's that's an option. Yeah. But the legitimate, the socially expected, like it or not, the expected mode would be for you as a man to get cross, mm. to get angry, mm. yeah, to bellow, to swear. Whereas one of the socially acceptable options for a woman would be to dissolve into into tears yeah. and implode yes um whereas the externalization we're used to men externalizing feelings well of course we do both don't mm. we i mean it's not one or the other by gender is it i mean that's ludicrous we do it all yeah you know? um it's it's fascinating isn't it I mean, and, and so, mm, yeah, I have, I have, it has happened in the past because there have been some, let's call them larger incidents uh, that have happened in connection with, you know, stepsons. And that did at times um, come out in tears for me. But bizarrely, yeah. not at the time, not in the moment of, you know, the, let's call it incident, but later on, it's really quite bizarre yeah. that the tears came unexpectedly, all of a sudden, out of mm -hmm. nowhere. And... Yeah, delayed expression yeah. of, of those emotions yeah. is... Is, is quite common, isn't it? Suddenly we can find ourselves like months later mm. when something's apparently blown over or at least definitely not in the epicenter of something and then we can feel it. Then we allow that to come out and and in, in a form, whichever form it is. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're a delight. And <laughs> I, I'm really really grateful that you would be as you know share share so honestly about the the journey of becoming a, a stepfather and you know, certainly having decided that you wanted a different kind of lifestyle or life you know yes. uh, without what you'd seen other people struggle with yeah. only to actually end up with you know a, a journey of uh, a containing struggle uh, with you know sons growing up sons so and throughout it by the way I can hear an enduring love that exists between yourself and as you called her that your soulmate and woman of your dreams definitely and you know I I can see you know that people go all of us on this planet walking on this planet have moments of suffering you know, it could be daily, weekly, monthly, annually, doesn't matter. We we all have to experience suffering. And, you know, I guess that what I, there's a part of me that would like to see some of that suffering reducing people. But 
not as being the fixer, you know, not saying, oh, I, I can fix people's suffering because you can't. People have to, you have, have to have empathy for people's suffering and also know that they are entitled to their suffering. You know, that's part of their their journey on this planet is, is to experience that. But if I can be there for all of them, you know, at whatever point where they can go, yeah, I need help uh, with this or with that, then, you know, then I'm, I'm prepared, I'm ready, whatever it might be. And certainly there have been times where I've, I've been able to do that. And even if it's just once in their lifetime, that's fine. You know, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, exactly. Every day, every week, if it's just once in a lifetime and I've been able to support them in some way, I'm happy mm. with that. Yeah, it's a wonderful place to close. It really is. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It, it can be, well, we, we both know that, that gestures of kindness and support, we, I mean, we never know which lands with us and stays with us forever and changes the course of our lives. So, yeah, it's wonderful. Mm. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's been really precious. Thank you. Thank you, Danusha. Love chatting with you. Listeners, what a beautiful conversation. What a gorgeous, gorgeous way of describing the somewhat torturous, surprising, delightful journey of being a stepfather. It was the complexity of it all that you could really hear in Michael's voice. I loved it. Thank you so much, Michael, for being my guest. It was precious. It really was. Have to say, I was holding on to laughing out loud for quite a long time during the story that culminated in the bread throwing. It's one of my favourite stories and I'm so grateful that you shared it with us because it just goes to show how we store up our emotions, doesn't it? And somewhere, sometime, in sometimes very awkward situations, they leak, they just explode out of us. And I really love your candour in sharing that with us. It was fantastic. Now, I do hope you'll return to the School for Fathers podcast. I've got an array of brilliant guys sharing their stories of fatherhood, of work, of what makes their lives tick. And I hope you'll come back. I really do. I'm very grateful that you're here. So take care until we meet again. Lots of love. Thank you for tuning in to the School for Fathers podcast. To continue the conversation and keep your dose of inspiration up, head over to schoolforfathers.com where you will find bonus content from Danusha and her guests on all things fatherhood. That's schoolforfathers.com. If you're enjoying the School for Fathers podcast, head on over to our companion podcast, the School for Mothers podcast.